Said, hey. Hey. Yes. What a wonderful kind of day because this is the first of many episodes to come of our Arthur series, which is a, a small subcategory of, anyways, back to the Godfather. <laughs> and <laughs> so we are going to do a big welcome to our first two guests who will be recurring guests in this series, but my sister Catherine and our good friend Sarah. Welcome to the Arthur episode of Anyways Back to the Godfather. Thank you both for coming here. Oh, Thank absolutely. You. So excited. Our returning well, guests, both of you. As way of introduction, since we're kind of just give a brief Arthur quote. Ancient Rome, it's not like home, Colosseum. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, so that's Catherine. My, uh, my quote for this episode is going to be, a leaf fossil a leaf fossil i knew it i knew that was gonna be yours <laughs> what a beautiful lawn <laughs> that's a great one did mozart give it a rest did the guy who wrote ring around the rosy give it a rest amazing this is making well, me so excited for this episode so i know rachel's and sarah's was from season one is was yours lauren i think yours was right yeah it's it was from a, from a week that's it yep. yeah okay all season one quotes okay yep solid all the way around okay so if that's not been apparent we are doing the top 10 episodes from season one and we're gonna do it in our kind of round robin style i think we'll go sarah Catherine, lauren then myself if someone names your number one you just stop them immediately and we'll skip that if someone names something that's also on your list, you'll do it immediately after them and kind of skip your turn. It'll make more sense as we're going. Lauren and I are old pros at this. So just before we jump in, though, I'm just going to give a little Arthur history. Arthur, uh, this is thanks to PBS Rewind on YouTube. But uh, in 1976, Mark Brown wrote Arthur's Nose. It was the first book where he was kind of embarrassed about his nose. And then Arthur became very popular in liter children's literature. And then in 1993, Carol Greenwald was looking for a children's book to do a TV series on and asked librarians for recommendations. And they suggested Arthur. And Mark Brown had actually been approached by a couple different people to do an Arthur series, but he didn't really like most children's programming, they, like, especially like the superhero or like kind of the really violent stuff. But he was really on board with what PBS and the, at the time, it was WGBH, which is in Boston, and Sinar, which is in Canada. That's the company that did it. So he agreed, and the rest is history. A couple of statistics, though, 266 people were hired at the beginning. Like That is incredible to think of how many people bring this show that we love to life. Uh, for each episode, it required 18,000 hand-drawn cells. And originally it was given a budget of $12 million, which was unheard of for the time, especially for children's programming. So of course that was also helped by like different grants and sponsors like Juicy Juice. So <gasps> things that have been in our lives, <laughs> yes, make this all possible. So on October 7th of 1996, Arthur's Eyes debuted and uh, it was also the first television series to 
a children's television series to provide audiovisual description for um, those mm-hmm. with visual impairments. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. Arthur has always been inclusive from the very beginning. All right. So there are 60 episodes in season one, if you count the like individual 11 minute segments. So we're just going to go ahead and jump right on in. Catherine, you're number 10. I thought we were starting with Sarah. Sarah, you're number 10. I forgot my own rules. <laughs> my number 10 is Arthur and the Crunch Cereal Contest. Classic. This one is on my list because it has one of the catchiest songs in all of Arthur, I think. <laughs> and also some really excellent DW moments. So in this episode, Arthur's eating breakfast with his family and he's pouring his cereal, his Crunch cereal, and a little letter pops out and it says like enter the crunch cereal contest write a jingle and if if you win you'll win a a year's supply of crunch and when he reads that uh arthur's dad goes that's a prize (laughs) and your jingle will also be aired on tv so arthur spends a lot of time trying to come up with the perfect jingle and does a very poor job of it and it turns out DW can write a much better jingle than him and Arthur debates whether or not to take credit for it. So my favorite quotes from it besides the song are when he he plays an individual note on the piano and goes too sad and then (laughs) plays another note too silly and one more "Eh, I guess it'll do. (laughs) I also love when Grandma Thora is auditioning for their band. <laughs> Grandma's got a brand new hat. <laughs> with like the spoons. Yeah, she's Play like playing spoons. the spoons. <laughs> such a grandma, grandma Thora, instrument. Like, cool. <laughs> I'm such a fan so- of the Crunch uh, like logo. The cool. mascot. The Cereal mascot, dude with like sunglasses. Yes. <laughs> and like the <laughs> microphone. Yeah. <laughs> such a fan. I, I want a shirt. <laughs> oh my, that would be such a good shirt. <laughs> Maybe I can make a button for you or something. Yes, please. <laughs> well, Arthur wears a hat at the end, right? Or maybe, no, I think it's the guy no, who it's... delivers the cereal. Oh, yeah. I, I was a big fan of his hat. <laughs> I just watched that. The merchandising opportunities. Yeah. <laughs> I love the jingles that Arthur comes up with. It goes, eat crunch. <laughs> Buster, I like it. <laughs> oh, so supportive. <laughs> when Arthur is on his way to mail the jingle that DW came up with, DW follows him and says, Nadine and I have decided that you need to eat more fruit. Uh, and then Arthur gets all existential and imagines what would happen if he was performing the, the crunch jingle that he's taking credit for and he imagines DW like fighting through the crowd to give him an apple. Catherine, have anything to add to that? Well, I'm actually going to sing the yes, please jingle because I don't think Sarah did. And where did it fall on your list? So it was number six. I actually, I only chose my top three, so I quickly numbered them just barely. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so it's right now i don't know how i think because when you originally give us the instructions of like yeah. top three i was like top three gotta just pick top three <laughs> but i have 10 <laughs> okay. you were putting Anyways. ethan to bed actually uh-huh. you were writing uh-huh. down your top 10 <laughs> so i will like i will like sing this jingle to my kids while we're eating lunch because oh, i just love it so much yeah so it goes so good 
Oh, I have a hunch. Breakfast, dinner, and lunch would be so much fun to munch if I had it with crunch. So good. Uh, I mean, trap music. Can you imagine? Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Get on that. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think I chose this one just because I remember that and we'll still sing it. And I like how Arthur puts DW's name on it. It's a good yeah. show of, he didn't have to, he could have gotten away with it. DW wouldn't even have really cared, it seems like in the end, because she's like, I've got way better songs than that. But it was a good show <laughs> of character for Arthur to do that. So I also, maybe it's just because I'm obsessed with the mascot, but his voice when he sings it on the commercial is like <laughs> so legit. <laughs> He, yeah, he is amazing. I think he like ends like jumping on his knees too. Yes, so. yes, he does. <laughs> Such an icon. So that yeah, that's kind of all I have to add. A true role model. <laughs> we would go to a Crunch concert. Oh, oh my gosh. As long as DW can sing her final song from that episode, yes. which I might have to sing. Please do. <laughs> Oh, everyone thinks that my brother stinks like a piece of yellow cheese. But me, I say that he's okay as long as there's a breeze. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) This was also on my list. This was my number nine. Wow. Popular pick. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Anything anything you wanted to add? Binky's clarinet solo. Like, I think this is the first time Binky brings out the clarinet, unless Mm -hmm. he brings it out earlier than this, but... Like, he's amazing at the clarinet. Like, we all know how usually third graders sound when they play the clarinet. It's true. <laughs> Ooh. I also love Screamy Arthur. <laughs> like, when he's trying to direct everybody and he's just like, I will suck. This is the worst. We're going to do it I, my way. Yes. I love Screamy Arthur. <laughs> Al Pacino Arthur. Yes. <laughs> And then, yeah, I also mentioned, love that Arthur does something nice for DW. That doesn't always mm-hmm. happen. Love the imagination sequence of the future. Yeah. And yeah, the cereal hat. <laughs> <laughs> that is such a random, random feature. I love that you. Uh, wow. That's what I, I wrote on my notes. Get, <laughs> now we know what to get Lauren for her right? birthday. She's going to get a crunch a hat crunch. from every listener. <laughs> Oh my, that will be like 15 hats. And also just just the visual of when they like do the dump truck and it's like a year's oh, supply yeah. of cereal all at once. All at once. Yes. Like you can go and get like buy them as you go. Like as genius. a child, that was like such a dream to get a year's supply of anything. Just like, yeah. oh my, that would be so cool. I just it's like, I don't want a year's supply of anything. Like that will go bad so quickly. Oh my gosh. Uh, well, I feel like yikes it doesn't even appear on my list so i know that's the thing though we have 60 episodes to choose it's true we gotta have some a diversification of representation my number 10 is actually dw snow mystery when i originally picked it i kind of was like i think i'm picking it more for just like the running joke that it becomes but the more i was watching it i was like this episode is so great so uh it kicks off obviously a major reference or plot point for all of Arthur in the future, even in the last episode that they just aired this year, there was a reference to DW's snowball. Mm. Um, it's something that is like near and dear to Arthur lore. And it is like such a random episode, right? Like <laughs> this is not really like a trope for children to have like hold on to a snowball. Like maybe hold on to like 
other random trinkets and stuff, but just the like DW snowball. I think there's so many episodes that are similar to it, but there was like this staying power for DW snowball. DW kept a snowball from this winter that they loved and is actually like you find out which winter it is later in future seasons, which is fun in the blizzard. And it is just like all about point of view and like memories and how different people remember things differently. And there are just some amazing imagination sequences. <laughs> like Grandma Thora and Mrs. McGrady come over and just even like the imagination sequences of them coming where DW <laughs> imagines them coming and Arthur comes around the corner. He's like, hi, Grandma. <laughs> <laughs> That part is so funny. It <laughs> killed me when I just rewatched it. I was laughing for like a solid minute. He really, he really does sound just like that. <laughs> he like, <laughs> <laughs> and then later when and like even the the mom's point of view, which is so fun. It's not just all the ch- all the kids, but then like she imagines them just being wild and crazy when they have so- guests over. But then Francine and Buster are also in on it. And like Buster's imagination sequence, he's like killing it with the jokes and having everybody laughing. And Francine is like super rude. And is like, this soda's not even cold, Mrs. Reed. Like just amazing storytelling. Um, Oh, also the word from us kids that accompanies this episode is iconic where they like have different retellings. I don't know if you guys remembered it of like, what happened to the snowball? Like the stilted yes! acting. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Okay, but I thought you said we're from us kids was strictly off limits. So okay, well, yeah, once again. <laughs> I don't remember my own rules. I'm not saying <laughs> that it made it better. It just was like I'm just those kidding. two are paired. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> um so yeah. And also I just love the the ending where DW so sad about her snowball being gone and Arthur's like we'll make better memories and like fun memories yeah. in the future and like you can't just hold on to this one thing that's a lesson I need to hear over and over again so resonates with me I didn't put the snowball one on my list because that one made me sad when I was a kid oh me too it made me yeah, really sad it was kind of a traumatic episode for me <laughs> I also I love the when like the evil Arthur when they're like burning it in with the this <laughs> <laughs> and I just love that it that like you never do really get to find out what happens and it features a great huh from Arthur's dad <laughs> in the middle of the night yes. <laughs> love an episode with that one of my most quoted quotes of Arthur is just huh yes <laughs> yes it's a good one all right Sarah you're number nine um, my number nine is Arthur, the world's greatest gleeper. Oh, iconic. I'm so glad this so is on good. your list. This is one that has been in my, even before I started rewatching Arthur as an adult, it's been in my subconscious for a really long time because I would always quote the end, like, uh, what rattles is like, you lied, you liar, <laughs> you lie, liar, you lie face. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Buster and Arthur have to sit with the tough customers at lunch because it's the only table that has any seats left and they start making fun of Arthur and saying oh I bet he they start saying all these nonsense things like I bet he never what is it I bet he never spinned a fizzer or something like that <laughs> and I bet he never I bet he never even gleeped anything 
and uh, Buster trying to jump to his defense is like, Arthur's gleeps lots of stuff. And uh, then by the end of lunch, uh, Arthur's like, Buster, what does gleep mean? And Buster says, I don't know. It spreads around the school very quickly that Arthur is a gleeper, which turns out means a thief. (laughs) There's this iconic line. Everyone thinks Annie and I always quote where Mrs. McGrady goes, gleeper, someone who steals. (laughs) (laughs) She has a line in this episode that's just, what in Nirvana? (laughs) (laughs) She also quotes Lao at some point. But yeah, basically Arthur has to prove his worth to the tough customers and steal something to make them believe that he didn't tattle on them to Principal Haney. Does he sacrifice looking cool and potentially get beat up by the tough customers for the sake of this lie? And does he go through with stealing all the ice cream from the cafeteria for this lie? Or does he own up to it and face the consequences and... Because it's Arthur and he has a good heart, he ends up facing the consequences, which... But along the way, Arthur alienates his friends. So the tough customers don't really like him because they don't trust him. And his friends don't really like him anymore because he's lying. So he learns that the truth is uh, always the best way. Um, But when when he asks Mrs. McGrady about it, he says... Let's say you went along with it when someone said you did this thing, but you didn't know what it was. But then it turned out that that was something bad, but it made other people think you were cool. Is it okay not exactly to say you did it, but not to say you didn't do it, this thing? <laughs> and Mrs. McGrady says, I'm sorry, Arthur. I haven't the slightest idea what you're talking about. <laughs> he, so yeah, Mrs. McGrady catches him in the act of stealing the ice cream. And, she's, and he's like, all right, you might as well take me to Principal Haney. She's like, and why would I want to do a thing like that? It's like, I was stealing the ice cream bars. And? And that's against the law. <laughs> said, why? I guess if everybody didn't did it, there wouldn't be enough ice cream for anyone. <laughs> she says, if you tell them what you just told me, I'm sure they'll understand. And then that's when it cuts to rattles. <laughs> I also, there's another rattles quote in that episode that is great when they're talking about gleeping Mr. Rapper in socks and like what color they are. And he like yes. leaps to his defense and he's like, Mr. Rapper is an upstanding old man. Like he's just so great. He's upstanding rattles. old man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Catherine, you're number 10. Mine was Arthur's eyes, number Ooh, 10. I, that's perfect. My heart. So I picked that because it's classic. It's the one that started it all off. Um, I love the quotes. You were born with glasses. It's yes. <laughs> one of my favorite quotes. <laughs> and it's like right at the beginning and just explores the origins of Arthur getting glasses and how he is made fun of. And so he tries to ditch them and then when your when your um, role models wear glasses, then it's okay for you to wear glasses too. Yes. <laughs> Wilbur Rabbit, Bionic Bunny wears glasses, <laughs> like the exact oh. same pair as Arthur. <laughs> and then it's cool. <laughs> so just so cute. Whatever you do becomes a trend. And then, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just great. I also had glasses in elementary school, so it's kind mm-hmm. of. I think it's cool to show kids like, oh, here's all these different scenarios, and have maybe like, have you bullied up someone with? glasses or to just kind of help them see 
all these different points of view, like, oh, how would that feel to bully someone or if I did that? Or have I been that person mm-hmm. before? Have I been in Arthur's shoes? And I also love at the end when TW's like, who's this weird guy with mom? Yeah. And Arthur's like, that's dad. It's like this picture of them in the 70s, like discoing or something. It's so funny. Because he has a mustache, I think. Yeah, yeah he looks way different. <laughs> oh, so, yes. I'm waking her up right now and demanding an explanation. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a one of the first or it is the first episode of there's no mr rapper that always disturbed me as a child oh yeah because they're in the like second grade still yeah mr marconi or something yeah. like that Whoa, oh no <laughs> lauren and rachel do either of you have glasses in elementary school i only use them when i like really couldn't see the board i switched to contacts pretty quickly okay <laughs> yeah i'm not about that arthur life i'm no wilbur rabbit <laughs> not about those glasses just give me the intense puns stuff in your eye exactly <laughs> let me put plastic in my eyeball my number 10 is arthur's chicken pox mm. arthur gets the chicken pox and then he is gonna miss out on the circus and grandma thora comes and takes care of arthur and dw gets jealous so she puts on fake chicken pox and then they find out it was fake and then turns out dw gets real chicken pox and she has to miss the circus but she's just so excited that she got the chicken pox that <laughs> She doesn't care anymore. Um, but I, just my notes on this episode, Arthur's hallucinating in his fever dreams. <laughs> making me laugh so hard. Like, uh, I never have, when I'm sick, I think as a child I expected, well, I expected to get chicken pox because Arthur was getting chicken pox, but I was vaccinated, so that didn't happen. But I expected when I would get really sick that I'd have these weird dreams and stuff, but that never happened. What a disappointment. And I know. I was disappointed. <laughs> And also, my grandma never came over and took care of me. <laughs> like an oatmeal bath or whatever. <laughs> I'm getting a crazy straw. <laughs> oh, man, those crazy straws. I wanted them so bad. I know. I thought it was the coolest thing. And when, um, yeah, when W has her fake spots and Grandma Thor is carrying her upstairs, and a uh, crazy straw. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, that one point, I think... Arthur calls Buster and Buster just goes, Did you throw up yet? <laughs> That's the first thing he says on the phone. And I love that. And then Grandma Thor is just like straight up savage to DW the whole time. Yes. Yes. And it's it's amazing. She's so the best grandma. <laughs> oh, and uh, I'll just mention a words from us kids. The kids wrote this horrible, disgusting poem about chicken spot, chicken box. <laughs> like I was listening to it and I was like, this is disgusting. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> I have to go back itchy, and itchy, scratching pus coming from my skin. You haven't memorized. It's so horrible. It's like this aired on TV. <laughs> Anyways, that one's a classic. I always wished I could get chicken box and I never did. One of my favorites moments in that is when just when Arthur has the mirror and he's looking at himself while grandma thora is like doting on him and he like shifts the mirror slightly and it's dw who like so angry (laughs) she's like rubbing his bag yeah (laughs) oh man that was you lauren right yeah that was my number 10 my number nine is arthur cleans up um i love that one 
So it's not my number one, but it's up there. Okay. So it's not on my list, but I absolutely love that episode. So in this one, the park is filthy. They're trying to play in it. Arthur's dad, David Reed, suggests to clean it up and have everybody help him. And then Arthur kind of begrudgingly is forced to do this. And he's trying to ask everybody to help him and no one will help him. They keep coming up with excuses or they're like really mad that they ask him. And then Oliver Frensky, Francine's dad, is a garbage man. And he's like stoked on the idea and he takes him to his work. And eventually Arthur's doing this all by himself. No one showed up. And the tough customers are there, you know, razzing him. And then Pal starts to choke on garbage. And it's like this intense moment. And then in the end, everyone kind of realizes the importance of cleaning the park and taking care of the earth and so yeah, there's like a good lesson of working together, but then also like personal responsibility. Um, I have, it's just also a great episode with like uh, people being embarrassed because of their dads and like Oliver Frensky and David Reed's enthusiasm. Like it, yes. the dad characters and Arthur are so great. <laughs> I love Oliver Frensky Me so too. Much. He is so good. He's such a good dad. He is. Arthur gets like a uniform from the garbage thing and part of it is a pointy stick. And once we were watching it with Niall and the, or Rattles or Molly throw trash on the ground and Niall was like, he should use the pointy stick to pick up the real garbage. <laughs> I also love in that scene of Arthur getting zipped up. It's like kazoo music in the background. It's like, oh. <laughs> And one of my favorite lines is, I knew there had to be some reason I went to medical school. Yes, if you didn't quote that, I was going to. <laughs> who says that? The, the old guy. Yeah. This is, Lauren's crush exists in this episode. Which one? Her crush? Yes, he's the hot garbage man, as she likes to reference him. It's all of her oh, friends. Yeah, Oliver Frensky's co-worker. It's the one at the garbage, the dump place, yeah. Yeah. Who's, like, showing him how the computer works or something. <laughs> and this is why it's rated number three on my list, because of that guy. I forgot his name, but... I don't think he has a name. He's the hottest... He does have a name. Oh, yeah, because we looked it up once. Uh-huh, Did yeah. You? He's oh a named God. character. I'll look it up but in anyway. my notes when you're talking. Well, yeah, that's all I have to say is it's got the hottest Arthur character ever. <laughs> like the one appearance he makes, he's like not in any other episodes. Ever. I know, which makes the episode so special. <laughs> and he's in it for like, what, 20 seconds? <laughs> yeah. Is he's that... running this simulation of like, if we pick up trash, it'll yeah. get clean. Uh-huh. Which I... I always thought was the coolest thing. <laughs> You know, when they're like, there's like a little digital bird that comes in. I was like, oh, so pretty. <laughs> yeah, just, he's the handsomest man. I just looked up. His name is Matt. Oh, yeah. Matt. <laughs> Matt is so handsome. Rachel put him on my, she made me a, I think it was the first year we were living together. She made me for my birthday, like a little paper that had all of my, these people that I thought were beautiful. And Matt he was, was on, on that there. one. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't. I can't remember when he found was out. Is he the only Matt. animated character on that? Oh, no. Oh, oh no. Sean no. <laughs> Yu is also on that. And John Smith, of course. And Crash, I think, is on there. Oh, my gosh. Wow. <laughs> oh, they're so special. 
Oh, but, right. And I oh. also always loved the pointy stick when I was little. I wish, because I feel like when you actually do that, it never so satisfyingly picks up the trash. Right. <laughs> I was always disappointed if I ever, I don't know if I ever used a pointy stick for anything, but I feel Doesn't like it didn't live up to my expectations. Doesn't Binky also say like, we got to pick this up. People could choke on this trash. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what do you call it? Talking about the pointy stick and offer goes, a pointy stick yeah (laughs) all right sarah you're number nine number eight number eight is buster's dino dilemma oh yes (laughs) that's a good one basically buster has become obsessed with dinosaurs and the class is going to go on a field trip to what's it called rainbow rock canyon i think something like that and they get to look for fossils there and just as they're about to leave, um, Buster is still like trying so hard to find a fossil. They haven't found anything. Arthur's like, what do you expect? You're just going to reach in. And he reaches into the river and pull out a fossil. And he pulls out a fossil, but he doesn't look at it. And Buster sees it. And he just is just shocked to see this in his hand and finds it, gets the fossil. And then they find out they have to leave the fossils there to be in the museum so other people can enjoy them. And Buster is furious because he's like, I did all the work to find this thing. I should get to keep it. Rachel, your favorite line. Uh, I also quote all the time. The best. Because it's a footprint of a dinosaur, not a leaf fossil. But mm-hmm. <laughs> when they first find it, Arthur's like, oh, cool, a leaf fossil. Have <laughs> uh, you ever seen a leaf that thick? <laughs> also, the iconic moment when... Buster is very racked with guilt and goes to Arthur's house and wakes him up in the middle of the night by throwing rocks in his window. And then Arthur comes downstairs and their slippers are each other. So oh, Arthur's yeah. wearing bunny slippers and Buster <laughs> is wearing aardvark slippers. So cute. But it's just, just about being honest and how stealing is bad, even if you feel like you're justified because you found that fossil. There's also a moment that I thought was the creepiest when I was little, which is Buster's imagining that Ranger Ruth turns into a T-Rex. I yes. love it so much. <laughs> Bye-bye now. <laughs> oh, that's so scary. No, I love it. I love that too. Oh, I remember how scary that was. I thought it was so funny because it's, it's this so terrifying great. thing. And then it's just like so polite, yeah. <laughs> like so overly Bye-bye friendly. Now. No, no, that's crossing a line. <laughs> Scary things don't get to be polite. Was this on anybody else's list? Not on mine. Okay, I'll jump in. This is my number four, actually. I love this episode. Amazing. Some things, just briefly, that we didn't mention. <laughs> I love the theater show that they see at the beginning with, like, yes, people in the obvious costumes with, like, their faces poking out of the dinosaur <laughs> costumes. Mm-hmm. And also when they're back in class and Mr. Rapper's like don't feel bad you didn't find any fossils it would have been super rare to find these or even a footprint and Buster like faints in class (laughs) (laughs) and then the nightmare that they have where they like come to his house and there's the the dinosaur in his closet it's so scary and then at the end they talk of the scientist that's like because they got a display case that they had discovered it and He's like in his like snooty voice. He's like, "Well, Doctor Marsh thinks it belongs to a little, you know." But when I was watching it, 
Klein's not going to like this, but in the pre-show to Dinosaur, the ride, there is a Dr. Marsh. So I was like, Bootsa, Bootsa, it's the same. Dinosaur's connected. It's in the same universe as Arthur. It's amazing. <laughs> it's a tragedy. <laughs> I also love Mr. Ratburn during that play that they do. Quiet! I'm so glad you mentioned Mr. Ratburn because his outfit is on fire in that episode <laughs> he went so hard for the one field trip they go on like <laughs> boom he's gonna oh, ditch totally that green out. yes his kerchief <laughs> oh love that man okay Catherine, so, i think we're to you yeah so my number nine oh my oh, gosh my i'm gonna man. actually stop you because that's my number one what yeah wow so you go ahead and go to number eight okay my eight yeah my number eight is arthur's cousin catastrophe oh such a good one so it's just this family reunion and i don't we didn't really have a ton of family reunions growing up but i just feel like it's you can relate enough to just the trope i guess of like oh the family gets together and it's just all these personalities and nothing really goes as planned so I, I love the uncle who was just so excited about Ricky like hey Ricky look at go like, he's like filming everything he does he's like that's my boy go Ricky <laughs> like he doesn't care about anyone else he's just there for Ricky <laughs> and to film him and then I love Mr. Haney just getting hit by burgers like she has <laughs> oh and like the tension between the mom and the aunt where she's like Hey, I got you this for Christmas. It doesn't look like it's been used much. Maybe you don't know how to use it. And like clearly Mrs. Reed just like doesn't really like it's kind of a stupid contraption. And she like flips flips three patties at a time and they all hit Mr. Haney. Like Mr. Haney getting like slightly injured is one of my favorite ongoing tropes. Like so funny. Yes. It's just so random. He's like, the sun is shining, the burgers are the burgers <laughs> <laughs> and they just goes inside like yeah he's done with his day after that <laughs> and then uh of course the one like uppity guy who they're playing charades and they're like yes london bridge is falling down the bridge over the river quiet and he's like shaking his head getting so annoyed <laughs> also the grandma <laughs> is like it's been two hours already <laughs> great great grandma and dw's like london bridge is falling down and he goes like bridges of medieval paris like some really obscure and they're like oh what and he's like well uh. all my friends have read it (laughs) (laughs) yeah because the aunt i think the aunt who's married to him says we said pick a popular book oh yeah like the one line she has (laughs) that's right yes oh my gosh it's so funny i actually think i like like what goes on around the main plot is like better than is my favorite yeah because the whole thing is like arthur's afraid of his cousin mo and in the end she just wants to like hang out with him and play piano and really it's just all the peripheral stuff that i get such a kick out of <laughs> like they're the dweeby cousin that comes and has the comic yes. books like the knockoff yes. spider-man <laughs> Yes. I also love when the snobby uncle is talking about the book that he's writing and he's like yes. this tortured man and the great grandma is like you mean Les Miserables yeah. or The Fugitive or The yes. 39 Steps and he's like well yes but completely different like it's just <laughs> so good 
<laughs> then when she's so listing funny. all of them, Grandma Thor interrupts and goes, Mother. <laughs> it's also so funny because we never see these people after this episode. Yeah, like, it's no. really just one of those, like, oh, here's Arthur's family, and you'll only ever see Grandma Thor again. Like, <laughs> yes, it's wild. There's, I highly recommend listening if you can't get enough Arthur podcast fix from this episode, listening to Elwood City Limits, where they have a throwaway character of the week and <laughs> all of these ones that like never show up again. Yeah. They love them. <laughs> so great. Yes. Is, is, the, is the Arthur's birthday episode before that one? It must be. I don't remember. I don't remember. I don't either. remember, but but those there that cousin, the nerdy cousin, shows up again because he gives Arthur his present and he's like, It's a chemistry guess what set. It is? And he's like, it's a chemistry set. <laughs> Oh, oh, thanks. <laughs> and um, that aunt gets and maple syrup all the way from Ohio. Oh my gosh. Kathleen, I think you pretty much mentioned everything that I wanted to get on. Other than I just, I do like that Arthur's dad is like so stressed about the family reunion. And he says, it's going to be fun, fun, fun. Like so much. Like he really wants it. He has this idea of what it's going to be. And then the rain comes and it kind of all gets ruined. But then in the end, like when they're all dancing in the living room and the aunt is like, this is like the best reunion ever. It's like, oh, okay, it did work out. And I don't know. I just love that. Like family parties can be very stressful, but ultimately fun and rewarding. So Arthur's dad is my spirit animal in this episode, like having an agenda (laughs) and always trying to like, okay, this is the next activity. Okay, let's do this next. Okay, everybody. Like, (laughs) and I love how like inexplicably he just shows up in a clown costume at some point. Oh my gosh. Yes. (laughs) For musical clogs. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So I think we're back to Sarah. My number seven is. (gasps) That's my number one. Number six is I'm a poet. Fern is the only one who's signed up for a poetry contest at the library and Mr. Rapper's asking people to sign up. And then all the other kids are making fun of how dumb poems are and how easy it must be to write one. And Fern is like, I bet you couldn't write a poem in time for the contest. And uh, anyone who can't do it has to join the poetry club for a whole year. And they're all like, it'll be so easy. We'll do that. And they all have a really hard time writing their poems, especially Arthur and Buster. And <laughs> the classics uh, from this one are Arthur trying to write a poem. And he says, listen, my children, as I tell you about a duck and a chicken on a bus to Oklahoma. <laughs> and he goes like, ew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And Buster's once upon a midnight cloudy, a big old bat said, howdy, howdy. <laughs> Which is something that I quote in my daily life. <laughs> like, I love that so much. <laughs> so good. Um, but one of my favorite exchanges is after they've both shared these kinds of poems with Fern for advice. Um, Fern says to both of them, instead of copying other people's poems, why not just write about what you like? And Buster says, who'd want to hear what I like? And Fern says, who wouldn't? And I just thought that was so sweet. <laughs> and like, that's kind of what art is. You just, you know, you don't try and copy what someone else does. You do what comes from you. Oh, I love that. 
<laughs> Preach. I also love th- our first guest star, Jack Perlutsky, shows up. Yes! In- and his amazing poems. <laughs> Jellyfish stew. <laughs> Jack Perlutsky. <laughs> oh my favorite part uh my favorite thing that jack perlutsky says besides one of his poems during that episode is when fern after reading her poem says like thank you for being here mr perlutsky i have all your books and he says you're obviously a young lady with impeccable taste (laughs) (laughs) flirting with fern (laughs) so my number seven is locked in the library Yes. So this one just like really stayed with me when I kind of was scanning the episodes. I was like, oh yeah, that one definitely jumped out to me. Um, I mean, working through fears of getting locked in someplace. So Arthur and Francine have to work together on a group project. Everyone gets paired up and they don't want to work together. And then they go to the library to work separately on it and they both get locked in and they have to kind of help each other. Um, I just love like Arthur falls asleep on the couch and it shows the clock hit five and, he, and there's this voice. It's like, the library is now closed. <laughs> like, <laughs> nobody comes to check. It's just like, bam. <laughs> library the librarian's closed. like, we're going. <laughs> yeah. This Turner is out. This Turner is locking <laughs> that like- door at five. <laughs> Cause like, yeah, I think it's not, the library will close in 10 minutes. I think yeah, the library like- is now closed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This is probably something that happens on a weekly basis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Children being locked in. <laughs> and just the images of them like being so scared in the library and they try and make the book towers to get up to the <laughs> the windows. They Muffy calls the library. <laughs> Francine answers and she's like, Muffy, it's me. <laughs> Muffy's like, oh, I must have the wrong number. Bye. <laughs> and I also really love at the very end when they're giving their reports and I I think Binky was paired with Muffy and Muffy does some like elaborate thing and Binky's just like clapping super hard (laughs) like that visual is so random and so great and also I think oh I can't remember who Buster's with but they do something he's with Muffy Oh, he's with Muffy. Okay. The most iconic line. (laughs) I know. Mr. Rapburn's like, Buster, did you have anything to add? No. (laughs) (laughs) Just doesn't do any part of the report. And it is very quotable. (laughs) Oh, it's the best. So funny. (laughs) So yeah, I love that one. (laughs) I also love the, when he's like trying to eat the picture of the food when he's so hungry. He's he's chewing on the library page. Yes, yeah. and then they like look for the book to how get how to get out of the library, and someone's yes. checked it out. Yes, yes. So upset. <laughs> for some reason, the when Arthur trips on the pizza and then pizza is like dripping off his glasses, that image is like seared into my brain for some reason. Yeah. Like when I rewatched it, I was like, "Why is that so familiar?" <laughs> and I love the like scary music when he hears a scream. Yes. He's like running. Dun, 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 yes, dun. yes. <laughs> and the adults come and find him. They're like, "Oh, there you are." DW's like, "They look perfectly fine to me." <laughs> <laughs> um, I also love when 
uh, Francine tries to call out of the library and it asks for like a pin number and her mm-hmm. face. Oh yeah. When it says that, just, I'll have oh, to send, I have, I have it transmitted somewhere. Yes. <laughs> no, I totally know what you mean. It's so funny. All right, Lauren. Okay, I'm on my number eight. Uh, I did have Locked in the Library as an honorable mention, by the way. Mm. Um, number eight is DW Flips. Ooh. Oh, not your what was my one? number three? Um, so I didn't even rewatch this one. I rewatched a lot of them to kind of decide which one I liked the best. But this one's just so I think this one like re-aired like all the time. And so this one is so nostalgic for me. Um, it's just so dramatic. Like when she's on the balance beam, just going, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> the drama and the, the music. So scary. Um, I don't even remember the plot of the episode. So if Sarah, you want to chime in. <laughs> I think she's just taking like a gymnastics class, right? And everyone's like, mm-hmm. oh, oh, and Emily's, Emily. Emily's mm-hmm. much better at everything. And so mm-hmm. she, DW's trying to prove she could do something. She goes on the balance beam before she's ready. And it's like so intense, like you're saying. I love the, her little yeah, shoes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Her little yes. shoes are so cute. <laughs> yes, I always thought that too. And then I started taking gymnastics and I was like, you don't wear shoes. <laughs> <laughs> it's Lied so funny to too. Because she, the, her mom's reminding her of all the things she did in the past. Because she wants to do gymnastics. And she's like, what about those violin lessons? And she's just like strumming the violin with her yeah. hand. <laughs> she's like, I could have been really good if I didn't, if they didn't make me use that bow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> I also love uh, when she says, and when you wanted to be a ballerina, and it shows everybody like at the bar doing their exercises, and DW just has her leg propped up on a stool. <laughs> this one has always been one of my favorite Arthur episodes. I love it so much. And part of the reason I think is because it is so stressful, <laughs> but not in a way that like makes you sad or too scared, like Arthur's knee. <laughs> oh. <gasps> stuck with all of us preview yes. for season two <laughs> so when dw decides that she wants to take gymnastics lessons it's after seeing tina trampolina compete in the olympics <laughs> amazing what a good name <laughs> what a good name uh there are a lot of names like that in arthur like in the very first episode it's dr iris is the eye doctor later like way later when dw gets tubes in her ears the doctor who does that is dr tinnitus <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 I, I did the the monsters ink birds <laughs> yes but i love the imaginary sequence uh when dw decides that she's going to be like a great gymnast and like be in the olympics the things that she does like he, the announcers say there's the pinwheel flip and she like floats <laughs> above the balance beam and just turns <laughs> over and over <laughs> like not physically possible yeah (laughs) and the frog kicks follow through and the having tea dismounts and she like floats down off the balance beam crisscross and like pretending like she's holding a cup of tea (laughs) (laughs) but yeah she imagines she'll be the best in the class and it ends up not being that way and emily is miss perfect and even mrs reed is like now dw just because she's smart pretty and very polite uh it doesn't mean she's perfect. <laughs> Miss Morgan, the preschool teacher and gymnastics teacher, 
gives me very Nicolas Cage and National Treasure vibes at one point in this episode. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> because there's there's that one line in National Treasure that is just absolutely unforgivable and it's it's some kind of ocular device. <laughs> <laughs> I think and you Ms. made a Morgan's- mistake. Every line in National Treasure is completely <laughs> unforgivable. <laughs> for another episode (laughs) 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 Miss Morgan says off that balance beam young lady and then says this apparatus is not for beginners (laughs) (laughs) you know when you get chills you get chills when something like I don't know is happy or spiritual or something but also like maybe sometimes when you get scared nothing makes that happen faster for me than when DW is on top of that balance beam and screaming and Emily bursts in holding Mrs. Reed's hand and Miss Morgan blowing the whistle behind them. Oh, so stressful. Such <gasps> drama. Okay, so I'm at number five. That one is Arthur's substitute teacher trouble. Oh, I love this one. <laughs> so good. This one was an honorable mention for me. This is my number yes. three. This one is just hilarious. And it also does it. It shows how you don't realize the good things you have at time that you kind of just take for granted. So obviously, Mr. Rappern's real, a really tough teacher. And one day he just like loses his voice. He's like, Mr. Haney. <laughs> Mr. Haney's like, I'm sorry, Nigel, but like, you're going to have to go home. Whatever it is, it's going to wait. Like, <laughs> I love just the Mr. Haney's like disconnect. It's so, so great. oblivious. Oh, yeah. I love that man. <laughs> and Mr. Rappern's little. <clears throat> I don't know I can't I can't do it exactly but yeah yeah iconic yes and so he has to go home and so the kids are just waiting for another teacher they think about like their past teachers and they have this one that was like a cow and she's she was like spell apple and she's like always chewing and stuff this is bovine he's so scary oh that's right and it's like just like a really close pan on her face or something while she's chewing oh, so um, scary so scary that that part always disturbed me so much as a child yes and ms blank the who like didn't show up and so she was their favorite <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and so then Mrs. Rappard comes in, but before they're like imagining how bad it will be, and it goes through this like montage. Well, and of, it's his sister. Yes, 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 yes. And you can chime in, right? It's just and it just like goes through this montage of like when they're babies and they're like super smart. The one of the best sequences. It's really funny. Like she's in diapers and she's like, "I'm doing calculus." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then they're like both eating nails. For breakfast and she's like do you which, have a screw those are the best ones which harkens yeah. back to <laughs> the, the early yes, introduction episodes. of mr ratford yeah they thought he ate nails mm-hmm. yes and he he takes the screw out of his mouth and tosses it in the pile behind him <laughs> yes beyond the vampire and then it has the shot of when they're both at college and she's like the planet you thought you discovered has been proven to be false and mr ratford's just getting so mad <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, so like the ultimatum is they're like, I'm gonna be the toughest teacher ever, yeah. the, the dumbest third grade teacher. Yeah, they're just like not, screaming not, each other oh, down. Yes, yes. Oh, it's so funny. And so then she comes in and they're all just 
expecting the worst and then it's super easy she's like doing hand puppets at one point to francine she's like what season comes after fall and francine's like winter (laughs) (laughs) you're right (laughs) yes oh and i love at the end of the day brain's like don't panic just get home to your computer (laughs) hurry hurry (laughs) so and then mr ratburn comes back and they're all super excited and love him and just one more quote that i love that is so funny is i think it's at the beginning of the episode and mr ratburn's like can you tell me the longitude and latitude of Ulaanbaatar? <laughs> Arthur likes looks over to the other class and the, Mrs. Sweetwater's like, everyone, close your eyes. Now, find your nose. <laughs> that's, that's the contrast in classes. <laughs> that is one of my favorite running gags is Mrs. Sweetwater's yes. class and how He's- easy it is compared oh my gosh. He's for everyone. You <laughs> 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 can tell me what this color is. Um, red? Like, just... That's anyway, right, Timmy. Yeah. <laughs> He's for everyone. Like, so, anyway. I love that at the end of that episode, I think it's the point of view of Miss Sweetwater's class. They look over at Ratburn's class and they're like, oh, I feel sorry for those kids. And then it flips and Arthur says, oh, I feel sorry for those kids. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah, just such a fantastic imagination sequence. Not realizing that even things that seem really hard are actually really good for you and you would prefer it if you had a choice. So just being grateful in those times of trial. My number seven um, is Arthur Babysits. And again, so good. I, I just put this one down because I remembered watching it when there was a point where we were watching the Arthur episodes together. But I think I was watching this one by myself. And uh, Arthur's trying to make money, I think, for something he wants to buy. So he decides to babysit the Tibble twins. And they're horrible. They're like the worst. But I just have like shivers thinking about them. <laughs> and so finally he figures out if he tells them a horror story about what happens to naughty kids, then they'll behave. <laughs> and I just, when I watched that, I was like, this is a genius idea. <laughs> And I was very impressed with Arthur's babysitting strategy. And also I thought it was hilarious that that was, that that's like, it's almost like they're encouraging that form of babysitting by fear. (laughs) Fear based. Yeah. And how, yeah, I should have done that when I was babysitting all the time. (laughs) Give your, your, Um, the children you're babysitting trauma. (laughs) Yeah. I always think about when they're putting their like shoe marks, shoe prints on the ceiling. <gasps> that, like, and when they knock me. over the suit of armor. Mm-hmm. And now a word from us kids. We are doing a get to know you question that's Arthur based and then talking about an Arthur memory. So we'll just start off with Sarah. The first question is, um, what if you existed in the Arthur universe, what animal would you be? I would be a cat, but I would be a Sue Ellen cat, not a Jenna cat. Because, oh. sorry, Jenna, you have a creepy human nose. <laughs> oh. Shade oh. to Jenna. Catherine? <laughs> um, I'd be a wolf. I don't think Ooh. I've ever seen a wolf Ooh. in the Earth or universe, wolf. so wolf I would be an, Oh my gosh. I would be Wolf Blitzen. <laughs> <laughs> he comes in to do... To this is Wolf the, Blitzen. That's right. Like my voiceover for... Yeah, my- yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, yep, I'd forgotten that's that. That's me. 
<laughs> Amazing. Lauren? I would be a turtle, which I don't think they are in Arthur. Doesn't he find a turtle once? <laughs> they find a snake once. I imagine like Franklin the turtle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Toby. Other, yeah, yeah, like Toby from Robin Hood or Franklin the turtle. It's like a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> Lauren's always that nice guy. <laughs> a turtle I- that marries Matt. <laughs> I was really drawn to like Sue Ellen, I felt, mm-hmm. but I don't want to be a cat, so I'm going to be a fox, which is like feels Ooh. closely related. And I know that there are fox characters in like the later seasons that they're like adult foxes that I've seen. So unlike Lauren's mm-hmm. pick, they do exist in Arthur. Just kidding, <laughs> Lauren. <laughs> um, okay, so then you're just going to share like how you, your habitual watching of Arthur as a young child, Sarah. Every day after school, I feel like it was on at like four o'clock and Cyberchase was at five and I wasn't allowed to watch Cyberchase. <laughs> Get off the TV math. quickly. <laughs> Inappropriate <math>. <laughs> <laughs> My mom just thought it was too, it, it looked like it was too scary for us. Mm. So I did end up watching a few episodes later, but... I didn't really I didn't really like it that much. Arthur was much more my speed. Mm. But even like into like well into middle school, uh, I was still watching Arthur and I would have been mortified if anybody knew that because I was watching a children's show in middle Love school. Love ducks. Love ducks. Oh, Love so ducks many vibes. good episodes. Exactly. Exactly. Well, for me it was just me watching Arthur after school with a, a pint of dryer's ice cream. <laughs> Whoa! Like, okay, not a pint, but I would always just get like two huge scoops of ice cream, usually cookie dough, I think, mm-hmm. and just remember sitting at the table eating our ice cream, watching Arthur. Amazing. Yep. My memories of Arthur are not when I was in school. Just like every day, I'd be like, "We have to be home by four. We have to watch Arthur." And if we were gonna miss that, I'd always be really sad. I like in the summer. Maybe. Well, even before I was in school like before oh. I was age five. Oh, i definitely feel like it was a before and after school thing for me but it was like at seven or it was super early and so i'd always just like catch the tail end of an episode before like dragon tales or <laughs> seven little monsters or the berenstain bears that's more <laughs> like what was on in the morning but definitely would watch it after school and not with ice cream though it was usually with chips and salsa so well we know who lost down in that deal <laughs> <laughs> I would just get like a little, little tiny cup full of chocolate chips, just <laughs> straight up semi-sweet chocolate chips. Adorable. That was my Arthur snack. That's amazing. I okay. feel like I remember when it actually came out. Sorry. I just remember like coming home. I'm the elderly one here apparently, <laughs> but I was in like second grade and then my, and my mom was like, okay, there's this new show called Arthur and it's supposed to be really good. So oh. remember it coming out. That's so fun because I was just gonna say Arthur has like I don't remember the first time I watched Arthur because it's been around since the because it was it aired the year I was born one years old yeah 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 it's I do not I do not remember the first time I watched Arthur it's just been a constant presence my entire life (laughs) as it should be yes do that Uh, the scare your pants off club is my number five or just a book series of the kids love they're 
they're scary. They keep them up at night, but in a good way, they can't put them down. And a new one is coming out and they're all going to go to the library to try and be the first to check it out. But the line is around the block. And then Miss Turner, the librarian, comes out and says, I'm sorry, we won't be able to let you check that out. In fact, all of the scarier pants off books have been removed from our shelves until further notice. And they're all so scared. I mean, not scared. They're all so sad. <laughs> um, and it turns out that there's a group of concerned parents called Paws, Parents Against Weird Stories, who are saying that the, the books are bad, they're harmful, they cause nightmares. So they start collecting signatures to bring their books back back and it turns out it's uh, Muffy's parents who are behind it all and the author of the book shows up and they don't know it's her and she's like have you even read the books <laughs> and Mr. Crossfire is like I'm proud to say that you couldn't pay me to read those books <laughs> but then it turns out the author E.A. DePoe is his grade school English teacher and she's like you never did read Ed that's why the author worked so hard to make sure that these stories would be interesting for kids and that they might read other things because of it. So it's another one of those Arthur episodes that just really emphasizes the importance of reading, but also touches on censorship, which is super interesting for a kid's show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ms. McWord standing up for the books. Ms. McWord. Love her. And is unfortunately something that's incredibly relevant today in a way that I mm-hmm. don't think was as relevant in 96 or yeah. 97 when it came out. Yeah. So. Or even just as we got older, like there are plenty of books that parents didn't want their kids to read that we were reading in like, I don't know, AP English. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was but- thinking like Captain Underpants. <laughs> That too. <laughs> My what? next one, number four, is Arthur the Wrecker. So I love that one. That was an honorable mention for me. Yeah. So this one, I love it because I love we, Rachel, Elizabeth, our other sister, and myself would play computer games growing up. It's just such a memory of like all of us at the computer playing computer games. So Arthur just loves his computer game and uh plays it when he's not supposed to and then there's a problem and they try and get the brain to come fix it and he can't fix it and then Arthur's mom finds out but it it all ends well I just like some of the quotes when DW's like because I like living here (laughs) which is also me spiraling into a worst case scenario like DW's afraid they're gonna like get kicked out of their house or something because their mom will lose the job and stuff and she also says oh my childhood happiness is behind me <laughs> and the game looks like operation neptune yes. by the by such operation <laughs> neptune vibes oh yes and my another favorite part for me is that at the very end the mom ends up playing the game into the night like even yeah. though she has lots of work <laughs> she's like just a minute <laughs> so i just that one has a lot of nostalgia wrapped up in it for me I always thought that game looked like the greatest thing ever. <laughs> and yes. <laughs> My number six is Arthur accused. Um, <laughs> Arthur's helping Mrs. McGrady with a fundraiser, but when he tries to give her the money, she's distracted by a phone conversation. Arthur leaves the money in, a ki- in the kitchen and it goes missing. And then um, Arthur's accused of stealing it. Buster becomes a detective to try and prove Arthur's innocence. Um, the only reason I chose this one is because it was just so ingrained into my memory of when they find the nickels in the cookies and <laughs> think brownies. Just, like 
they yeah they, they just fit so perfectly inside the brownies and like it it just seems so satisfying to me like you open the brownie and you find a nickel and, it's like, <laughs> and that's all I remember I don't even really remember I remember I liked Buster as a detective and he was funny um, yeah, like film noir opening but yeah something about money and the food I just <laughs> my attention once again for Lauren's birthday <laughs> <laughs> put nickels in my brownies <laughs> all right my number seven is the last episode which is arthur's new year's eve that's my number three um this one was all about how arthur has never stayed up to midnight on new year's eve and he wants to know what happens and he gets input from all the other people what happens and i love the imagination sequences there's the green flash that Prunella says happens. There's the calendar police that come for the Frenskies. <laughs> um, they actually arrest so Grandma Thora. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, the wrestling match that Binky says happens between the old man and the young baby. And like the old man fights dirty or something like that. So disturbing. <laughs> That one is ingrained in my brain forever, <laughs> that scene, because it just disturbed me so much. Because <laughs> if the new year loses, it has to go live with the groundhog, and there's six more weeks of winter. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's the best. Yes. DW is not supposed to stay up, but then she tries to stay awake. And I love, like, when she keeps putting ice down her, the back of her shirt. So she, like, <laughs> will stay up and she's constantly yeah. getting water. Yes. Boy, that's brisk. <laughs> it's just so fun to see Grandma Thor and Arthur like playing games and being funny. And then Arthur falls asleep at midnight and so he doesn't get to see it, but DW does and he's like so upset. Also, I love that DW's like, that was it. Like nothing <laughs> happened. And then Arthur wakes up and she's like, you missed it. That was amazing. <laughs> there are polar bears jumping. Like, <laughs> DW, like that's that's really how I feel every New Year's Eve. It's just kind of like, okay, cool, it's midnight now, it's time for bed. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> but then Arthur's like, it's all over, I missed it, and and Grandma Thor is like, it's just beginning, and like the point of New Year's Eve is to remember what has happened, and it's like it's the last episode of the season, so there's like all these flashbacks to the other episodes Aww. and this sentimental music that plays, and like I'm like I love this episode, and it makes me love New Year's Eve and like try hard to like make New Year's Eve a big reflection day, and I just absolutely love it. So I need to download that music. Maybe now that Arthur is out of well, it's in syndication, but out of uh, production. I'll email that guy again and be like, hey, is your contract yes. up? Will you send me all those songs? <laughs> Seriously, please. I need them. Because I, I mean, you're very good at playing. It's just a low quality recording, but occasionally I'll just send that recording you sent to us because oh. I'm like, I don't want to watch a sad scene and also see the sad scene. <laughs> Catherine, did you have anything to add? You just know that I'm always going to pick a montage whenever there's some sort of sentimental value but also one of the most iconic quotes i'm too mature to care anymore <laughs> is in that episode and we say it very frequently <laughs> literally i think you and i have texted that to each other at least in the past month <laughs> oh yes easily it's just it's so just funny like arthur this eight-year-old be like i'm too mature to care anymore i'm just over <laughs> it like when he's really not <laughs> 
<laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's all. All right. Uh, my number four is DW All Wet. Um, DW and her preschool class go to the aquarium and all the other kids are just scared of the shark and DW think it's, thinks it's no big deal. But then she sees the octopus and is terrifying. <gasps> and I she forgot. thinks, yeah, I love this episode. And there's um, that music when she sees the tentacle. It's like, dun, dun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she keeps seeing octopuses everywhere and it's summer and it's way too hot. So, uh, they decide to go. It's so funny because it's Bear Lake. And DW is just absolutely terrified of the water because she's afraid an octopus is going to get her. So she stays away from the water. And one of my favorite parts is when Arthur and Buster are kind of forced to play with her because she's lonely and their mom is like, go play with DW for a bit. And DW's like, all right, an octopus is coming. And when I call for help, then you come help me or something like that. And so she says, okay, go. And Arthur goes, help. <laughs> no, I'm the princess. But it's such a good one uh about like getting over your fears. And I mean, obviously there aren't octopuses in the in the lake, but she doesn't believe them when they say that. But she faces her fear when she thinks that Arthur is being attacked by an octopus. And a nice side lesson that I learned uh from that one that stuck with me. The lifeguard says it's dangerous to call for help when you're when you don't need it or something like that. And as a child, I was always like, Oh. <laughs> Thank you, lifeguard. Yeah. I bet he's also, hot. It's a girl. I bet she's hot. She is hot. She I is was just thinking like, that she is a hot lifeguard. Also, Buster's <laughs> swim cap in that, that episode. So <laughs> <laughs> Would also want that as a merchandising <laughs> opportunity. <laughs> Not as good as a crunch hat. Well, what is? <laughs> Okay, my number five is DW's imaginary friend. DW has this new imaginary friend named Nadine, who is like a constant recurring character forever. Arthur's embarrassed, like they're going to go to the new amusement park that they always see on TV. And he's really embarrassed about DW's imaginary friend for some reason. And um, is trying to get her to forget about her or um, something like that. But mostly... Oh, so I was very impressed. I rewatched that one recently. Very impressed by Mr. Reed's um, quick thinking when, so they leave Nadine at home because she's sick. And then they get there and DW's like, oh no, I'm so sad that Nadine's not here. We have to go home. Arthur's like, no, we can't go home. We're already here. And then his dad's like, Oh, uh, what's that sound? Oh my gosh, Nadine's been in the back the whole time. <laughs> Further proof that the Arthur dads are the best. <laughs> yes. So they didn't have to go home. And the other thing I love about this episode is the swirly ride and they get barf bags. <laughs> the hurl of world. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Liquid Liquid yes. <laughs> these, these quotes that Buster and Arthur are saying together, just like in my brain yes. always. Yes. So good. And I also, it was so satisfying that they would get little tickets to go on the rides. Like whenever I went to an amusement park, they never had the ticket system, or at least we would never buy this ticket system. We would just buy wristbands or something. But I thought it'd be so fun to get little tickets to go on the rides. <laughs> I'll print some next time. You can give them to me as you're getting in line for <laughs> Disney World ride. Can I go on the bus night one now? 
my next one is Team Trouble. That was an honorable mention for me. Ah, so good. This is when Arthur, Buster, and Francine all have to do a school assignment on ancient Rome. And they really want to do a cool thing. And so they keep trying to come up with different ways to be creative. Eventually, they settle on making a comic book. But they don't really communicate about what that's going to be like. And so they each create very different things that's supposed to be very cohesive and it doesn't work. And they fight about who's is better. And eventually they all come together and make a splash pad. And it's like all about communicating and working together. And by the end of the episode, they really haven't learned their lesson because they're arguing about what to do after school. So it's kind of <laughs> haha. But it's just full of hilarious lines and jokes. Like they're talking about making a, a like a video film project and they're like how do we make it look ancient and buster goes i have a really old coat (laughs) (laughs) and then of course the tuba sequence which Catherine demonstrated at the beginning of the podcast which is iconic i love the time travel sequence like when arthur gets hit on the head by the clock and he goes back to ancient rome and he's like i don't know how i'm gonna get back but if I do ever get back, it's going to be the best report ever. Like, I love that (laughs) that is what is most important to him. (laughs) And then one of the best lines in the whole thing is when they're reading Arthur's comic and they're like, something is happening to the main characters and all the like bad guys that all look like Binky are there. Yeah. (laughs) And Buster just goes, there's no escape. (laughs) Yes. I always um, love when they do comics sequences. Yes. It's so and fun. then Brain basically debunks all of Francine's stuff because she did I all love the that Olympics. Francine's is just like her beating Arthur and Buster and everything. Yeah. That's all it is. <laughs> but it also talks about the importance of doing research in historical projects. So I was also very grateful for that. But one of my favorites. And I also love when they're like with Busters. It's just like, is that Julius Caesar on a glider? <laughs> <laughs> Like, this is so random. It's <laughs> so cute. Um, my number two is DW Writes Again. Uh, DW is determined to learn to write a two-wheeler because there's the bike-a-thon coming up, but also the Tibbles make fun of her for still being on a tricycle. And then when she gets her bike, they make fun of her for having training wheels. So the episode is all about DW essentially just training to be able to ride a two-wheeler without training wheels and it's such a sweet episode because like everybody kind of comes together at different points during the episode to help her when DW is like all right like I'm ready for my lessons and he's like sorry DW I have to finish this lasagna Taj Mahal for the culture club (laughs) (laughs) Love. (laughs) so Arthur then has to help DW and he's teaching her the hand signals and she says, what does this mean? And she makes a funny face and like wiggles her hands next to her face. And Arthur says like, I don't know, what does it mean? And then their neighbor, Mr. Sipple runs up in like just a towel and is dripping wet, <laughs> holding a cabbage. And he hands it to DW and she says, what's this? He says, what's that? Where I come from doing that, does the face and the hands on a bike means get me a cabbage fast. <laughs> and he says, I left the tub running, bye. The most random throwaway joke, the best. So good. She says a couple of times, so I can feel the wind in my hair. And I used to quote that all the time as a kid. And my parents always thought I just made it up. So they thought I was really funny and hilarious that I made up this thing and I never corrected them. 
she's in their driveway and she's uh, trying, like she's tried so hard and over and over and over again and is just covered in bandages. And she says, I don't care if it takes till I'm 21 and I am one giant scab. I'm going to learn how to do this. And it just, I my love heart that. every time. It's so good. Just like, she's four years old and what a good example of determination and just trying and trying and trying. And she does it in the end. I love that part with the music and like Pal yes. and Kate are just watching her. And it's so cute. So good. Yeah. And then Pal and Kate, uh, I think Kate hugs Pal and then Pal licks her face and Kate was not happy about that. <laughs> oh. Okay. My number two is Arthur's family vacation. And Classic. this one is so high up for me. And I just, it really is like stuck with me and I love just family trips and this one is just really funny of like things going wrong and they're all depressed at one point because it's raining and they're all regretting it but then Arthur like comes up with some fun ideas and they have a good time anyway I just I just love the dad so excited about the dinner he's always like lobster (laughs) (laughs) and like I just love that part he's so excited about his lobster like that's probably the reason for the trip (laughs) and then don't forget after that lobster Lobster. (laughs) and tonight guys lobster it's just in there so much and I love it so and just also sharky like this enormous inflatable shark going everywhere like it's at the movie theater it goes in the pool and it's like takes up the entire pool <laughs> which is also just sometimes vacations like you can imagine it being just so amazing and great and sometimes you get there and you're like oh this isn't quite what I was imagining but also, it's still so fun I love when they like walk into the shack with like the danky room that they have to be in yeah <laughs> she like hits Arthur with sharky and he like goes flying <laughs> oh my gosh yeah (laughs) it's so funny but then it's just fun to like oh you make memories you don't even anticipate on vacation so the best part the best of things too like making the best of a difficult situation Mm -hmm. and sometimes the best things are the unplanned things yeah yes yes which is a hard lesson to learn for us planners am i right it is it is (laughs) amen okay i'm on my number Four is Arthur's pet business. Oh, um, and this one is connected to my number one. So guess what my number one is. <laughs> um, and this one, Arthur once again is trying to make money. <laughs> He's always trying to make money. That's what, like, as a kid, I feel like it's so relatable. You're just always like, I need money. I can buy stuff. As an adult as well, <laughs> very relatable. So he starts a pet business. Or I think maybe he wants a dog. Yeah, he and wants they're to. like, you need to prove to us that you can handle it. So then he's like, oh, okay, I'll start this pet business, take care of other people's pets. The main, I guess, the main reason for the episode is he's taking care of Perky, which is their is it Mrs. Tibbles' dog or some Ms. random Wood. ladies? Okay, Miss Wood, <laughs> um, which is a scary pal. <laughs> <laughs> scary version of pal. <laughs> And she gives birth to Pal. And Arthur gets to keep Pal as a gift for taking such good care of Perky. Um, but I'll just highlight my favorite parts. I just think it's hilarious. He's a 10-year-old and he's like looking through the job listings and like, how can I make money? <laughs> and then, oh, I just love Perky. Like she's so spooky, but she's just 
oh I just love her <laughs> and her babies when she gives birth and there's yes. just the tiny babies all around her and she's so happy oh I, love I mean it. you kind of can't blame her for being so cranky all the time because she's pregnant and like no one really <laughs> notices apparently <laughs> Yeah, Mrs. I Wood also love Dinks is a dog owner. <laughs> <laughs> I love Mrs. Wood Handsome the paper. It this is the list of all the things that Perky does not like. And it's yes, like unfolds. It's like so long. <laughs> and also, like everybody starts bringing Arthur their pets, so it turns into chaos. But I think Prunella brings him her ant farm. And she's like, Don't forget, at this time the ant farm does their ant farm barn dance <laughs> and i thought that was so cute and then also arthur's sad music is in this one which mm. it's just so so heart-wrenching and so touching so good this is this episode has a quote in it that Catherine quotes all the time which is when mrs wood comes and she's like my little perky out there in the world lost and alone <laughs> And David Reed says, I feel sorry for the world. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. I forgot that, Rach. I do say that a lot. I feel sorry for the world. (laughs) It also has an iconic um, Jane Reed, Arthur's mom's gasp when like the snake is like coiling around her legs. And she's like, (gasps) (gasps) I can't do a good Jane Reed. I can get the David, but... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, all right my number five is arthur's lost library book oh i love this one it was not an honorable mm. mention so this is harkening back to the scare your pants off club because it is one of those books it's the mysterious hand um chapter one so good <laughs> so arthur is checking out all these books in the library miss turner says that he can get one more he gets this book everybody wants it then he has too many books and he loses them all and he's like gathering them back up and he never found the mysterious hand um, because it had fallen off the stack when he was going home. He enlists the help of Binky to try and find out who stole it. At the end of the episode, someone had returned it to the library. Turns out it was Binky and Binky didn't want anybody to know because he didn't want them to laugh at him. And I actually love that ending part when Arthur's like, I wouldn't laugh. And he's like, you just did. You just did. <laughs> like, <laughs> Arthur's not always this like perfect main character, you know, yeah. and sometimes he can be part of the bullying situation. Um, but I loved the spooky hand, like so <laughs> iconic. I l- always loved it as a child. Um, and the most iconic scene, like he has the best nightmare sequence. Where oh my God. They're like seeing a chain in the hallway and they're like, what's this? And they open the door and it's just Arthur holding a book and he goes, it's how I have to check out library books now. And then <laughs> it pulls him all the way to the library and Miss Turner And his scream. Yes. He's screaming like, the whole time. Ah! Yes. And she goes, next time don't make me use the crank. <laughs> <laughs> it is terrifying. It was that so was, scary. That is part of the best fear. Oh, it's so good. Oh, and I think also before that part, they like the police are coming and they like have the helicopter and they're like, just bring out the book carefully, son, and no one has to get hurt. Like <laughs> the way that Arthur spirals is just so relatable. It really is. <laughs> Face but it, it's lost. You, you lost, lost it. it. <laughs> no one can escape the long arm of the law. 
Yes! Oh my gosh! And the like long arm that like snakes through the house. (laughs) But yeah, just not doing biting off more than you can chew or overthinking and not having those snap judgments about people. Did anyone know it was actually Binky who took it from the beginning? Yes. Never figured that out. It's his sleeve. I know, but I don't think when I first watched it, I don't think I knew that. Oh, no, I when I first that. watched it, I didn't catch that, but yeah. later, I was like, oh. I mean, later, yeah, it's it's obvious. <laughs> I also just love that it's revealed at the end that it's DW with, like, a rubber glove and a paper towel thing that's so spooky. <laughs> so good. The mysterious hand. <laughs> My number two is DW gets lost. So in this one, DW's, oh, Emily gets earrings, and DW wants earrings. Um, and so she's going to go to the store with her mom to look at earrings. Her mom gets stuck talking to Mr. Crosswire because apparently Mr. Crosswire is her client. And then DW says, I can't wait for this. And so she goes to look at the earrings by herself and she gets lost. Nadine is telling her, like, we shouldn't leave your mom. And then DW brushes her off. And then she starts just going in circles. She sees the same thing over and over again and realizes she's lost. Panics, imagines herself as... The Phantom of the Store. It's the Phantom of the Store. <laughs> so, so special. And then eventually um, finds her mom again and, oh, and realized she doesn't need earrings. Oh, she sees Emily has green ears. Yes. Yes. So then she realizes That's she true reveal. earrings. And that was like one that I feel like my stomach dropped. Like, Oh, goes, yeah. Oh, they made my ears green and it pans up and it's like, dang it. Her ears are green. And just, like, where did that come from? Because I truly believed, like, if you get earrings when you're little, your ears are going to turn green. Like, <laughs> it doesn't jewelry, like, it can leave a little yeah, bit, it's like but a not, certain like, the kind whole of metal. Yeah. yeah, like, if it's not sterling silver or something, then it will, like, oh, make your ear kind okay. of gross. Um, but usually, I think by the time, like, we would be wearing earrings, they didn't make earrings like that anymore. But anyways, some of my iconic or my notes on this. The Arthur cake meme where Arthur shoves a whole piece yes. of cake in his mouth. That's yes. from this episode. Best. Oh, uh. this is so funny. <laughs> Just like <Arthur>? suddenly gone. <laughs> um, and then oh. the thing she keeps passing the store is a pig eating a piece of cake and she keeps going, that looks like Arthur. <laughs> Um, my other favorite part was she goes to look in security cameras to try and find her mom and then the security guard comes in and he's like hey and she just like oh like ducks under the security guard and yeah. runs away and the security guard's just like what <laughs> it's like helpless can't catch a two-year-old or a four-year-old girl <laughs> and then she goes to get a free sample because yes. she's gonna die in the store she hasn't eaten and then Everybody swarms. It takes everything. There's one piece left, and the fly comes and takes yeah. it. <laughs> when I was watching it most recently, I noticed all these snarky announcements that the guy's reading overhead. But as a child, oh, I never heard, good. never paid attention to. So they were funny. All so funny, and also um, everything that Mr. Crosswire says. He's like trying to evade his taxes. It's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> The final thought is that maybe even grown-ups ask for help sometimes. But anyways, good messages. And then I always kind of imagine myself like, oh, if I had to live in the grocery store, like I would want to live up in the rafters and steal foods and wear the earrings. And this seemed like kind of a fun fantasy. 
<laughs> I love it. Life goals. <laughs> yes. My number one's DW the copycat. I love this one. It just has so many funny lines. DW just wants to copy Arthur and basically copies him for a whole episode. So some of the quotes I love are when DW is watching TV and she goes, Mary Moo Cow was just explaining green. <laughs> like, How am I ever supposed to understand green? Yeah. Arthur is going to go biking with his friends and goes, hey guys, I'll go get my bike. And DW comes and goes, hey guys, I'll go get my bike. <laughs> and they're just like staring like, it's just such a funny band of Francie and Buster because they just don't know what they've seen. And Buster says, the last one to the sugar bowls is a henway. He goes, you're last, Arthur. You're a henway. And Arthur says, what's a henway? He says, about five pounds. And I didn't get that for a long time. <laughs> but like the way they all double over laughing, like, yeah. Oh, so yeah. funny. And Arthur's just like walking up his bike. Yeah. And yeah. Binky walks by and he's like, hi, Arthur. And then he comes in and he's like, hi, Arthur huh there can't be two of you who's this <laughs> oh and then the waitress goes do you want a baby seat <laughs> my favorite dw goes that would be a thoughtful thing to ask if there was a baby here <laughs> and then oh she's like standing on the, on yes. the in the booth like oh my she's not even suppose yeah so loud oh and then pinky goes those are the goofiest clothes and shoes and glasses i've ever saw and arthur's laughing and he goes hey (laughs) so it's just one that really makes me laugh but i also feel like i've been both arthur and dw in my life in the role of just like establishing your own identity um while also acknowledging that you've been molded by your siblings I just like that dynamic between Arthur and DW and how DW just loves Arthur and looks up to him, much like someone else here loves an older sibling (laughs) and looks up to them. (laughs) No, but it's just, it's fun how they realize like they can still play and be together and then also be their own selves. So I like it. And so this is my number two. Originally, when I made my list, it was number one. And then I got switched Mm -hmm. with what is actually now my number one. But for many of the same reasons, everything you said that are like so many classic quotable lines that we've yes. had. <laughs> um, but I also just love that DW is kind of calling Arthur out on the crappy way he is a sibling to her. So if you're going to be yeah. in Arthur's role, then yeah, I'm going to call you out on that. Okay. <laughs> but just no, that, true. that she's like, you're you are you're only going to play with me if I'm interested in the same things as you and at the end he's like so fed up with her copying everything and she's like oh so I can have interesting things too and he's like okay you're right like Mm -hmm. I do see that like you can also enjoy things of value even if they're different than mine so yes great episode all around yes and Sarah you also had this right yes I did it's so classic it's so good I do remember as a kid feeling a little bit odd about when DW puts on the glasses because her eyes just become dots like Arthur's (laughs) (laughs) and also along with uh what you just said Rachel about uh you know DW being like so I can like my own things instead of the interesting things you like Uh, and he's like okay okay fine I guess I was mean (laughs) but then they're happy and then DW ducks back in and says 
And mom says I can watch <laughs> Mary Moo Cow as much as you watch Dark Bunny or Bionic <laughs> Bunny. <laughs> and Arthur picks up Pal and goes, why do I feel like I got tricked? <laughs> All right, Sarah, do you want to do your last, your final, your number one? Yes. Uh, my number one actually really surprised me because it's not one that I've thought about in like the last several years um, but I just watched it and oh my gosh it's so good my number one is stolen bike mm. where Francine has outgrown her bike Arthur says there's just one problem with Francine's bike and Francine goes by and she's huge on this teeny bike and she's going <laughs> ouch 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 as she, as she pedals so Francine needs a new bike but her family can't afford to get one and she's incredibly frustrated and sad about this. Uh, and then their dad remembers that his old bike that he used to ride to school is in their garage. Or She gets the bike and she's not super happy with it because it's not new. Kids are making fun of her for having this really old bike. And she just gets really fed up with it. So she hides it after school um, among some trash. And then, surprise, it gets taken away with the trash. <laughs> It's kind of a sad episode because Arthur does a really good job of showing families in all kinds of situations. Different like my economic number... backgrounds. Yeah, yeah. And like my number two was DW Rides Again. And they get her a new bike in that one. But this one, Francine's family can't afford a new bike. So that's a, it's a good contrast. And like kind of, Arthur is so good at teaching empathy for all situations. Learns to appreciate her bike after it's gone and she knows that her dad is feeling bad that she threw away the bike and so they fix it up together and it's, yeah, it's so great. But one of my favorite things from this episode is uh, when they're talking about her not being able to get a bike because they can't afford it and she says, it's not fair, I'll die without a bike. (laughs) (laughs) And then their dad goes, no, no, not anything but that. You mustn't give up, honey. <laughs> and then Catherine gets all of her and walks away. <laughs> Be brave, live, live. I say, <laughs> uh, oh, dad, grow up. <laughs> I also love. They she like the kids are like, what happened to your bike? And she's like, it got stolen by this like crazy garbage truck and the evil people. Well, and the the kids take her to Principal Haney and they're like, her bike is has been stolen. We have to report this. And uh, she tells the story of a bike eating truck. And Mr. Haney says, I had no idea these kinds of trucks were roaming the streets. <laughs> That's what it is. That's right. So good. <laughs> All right, my number one, as I hinted to before, was Arthur's new pet. And this one takes place right after he's gotten a new one from Arthur's pet business. He's gotten a puppy. And he has to, I mean, pal's a puppy and he's not trained and Arthur has to figure out how to train him. And he's totally wrecks the house. I guess I got so much anxiety last time I watched it. I was like, oh, this is the biggest mess ever. It's bad. Um, they figure it out. There's a rocky sequence. Yes, so good. <laughs> da, 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 they're running da, da, da. up the stairs. 
and then they realize it says no dogs allowed, so they run back down the stairs. <laughs> um, but some of my favorite parts, Arthur's trying to figure out what to name him, and DW goes, how about Frederick? <laughs> just like the most grown-up name for a dog. <laughs> and Pal is just the cutest little puppy. Oh, I just love him. I love him so much. His little smiling face, like when he hides the garage key, and he's just like <laughs> just smiling. So sly. So sneaky. And okay, when DW is sitting on the edge of her bed, kicking her leg and humming, and Pal comes and bites her shoe off. I think about I wish that. Our listeners to get a visual. <laughs> <laughs> I just demonstrated very. It was very flexible. I would like sit on the edge of my bed and kick my foot like that, just because DW would do that. And like her little hum is always stuck in my head, and I I still think about that. That's like I chose this one as number one because that part is like it's the most iconic part of season one for me. Um, and then I also love Pal's little howls. Ah! Okay. He's so cute. And I, I love how Arthur shows him the the farm. And he's like, if you don't figure this out, you're going to have to go live on the farm. Yeah, he like tapes it to his wall. <laughs> there. That's where you're going if you're not good. Yeah. And I think he's playing the sad music too. Oh, and then they he's cuddle. Like, I've always then... wanted a dog. Yeah. I didn't think I'd I thought get it would you. be like you. You're, you're better than any dog I could have imagined. Oh, good. Oh. And oh, just got chills and now I feel like crying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I just love the heartfelt, the love of a boy and the dog. And, oh, just so sweet. My favorite. It also has two excellent David Reed outbursts when he goes, my catering schedule. And also my party planner. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So good. I was like, Pal has an David Reed's job. <laughs> Over like his food. <laughs> yeah. His pal just goes bananas. And never again. A party like, platter. Well-behaved dog ever since. Speaking of a visual, cool. I wish I could give our listeners. <laughs> I did that specifically for you guys, so. I appreciate it. Okay, my number one is Miss Fortune Teller. This was originally my number two, yeah. and then when I was re-watching it, I was like, this is consistently so funny throughout the whole episode. So it's Prunella's half-birthday. And they all bring her, like, different halves um, of a gift. Rubella, her older sister, gives them a cootie catcher. And they just become incredibly superstitious. And so then it's about them having all these different interactions with the fortune teller. And eventually how they kind of break out of that superstition. So many amazing lines. Like, I've limited what I've said, so hop, feel free to hop in. But I love at the beginning that she brings it out and they're like, our ancestors, they're like commuters from Transylvania. And Buster goes, wow, her ancestors were commuters. <laughs> and then later, Brain does not believe in the, the fortune telling. Like, and it's this thing where they make these wild predictions and then it ends up being right and happening. So they start to believe and listen to the fortune teller. Brain doesn't believe in it. And the garbage truck like backs up into his bike. <laughs> Arthur grabs him by the collar and goes, it's the curse of the cootie catcher. (laughs) And then later, he's explaining why it's so important. And Brain goes, it killed my bike. (laughs) We have to listen to it. It killed my bike. It's the best. (laughs) 
And then later they're asking if Binky's going to have to sing an embarrassing song in front of everybody. Oh. And this is also something Catherine will like text me all the time. But all the time. <laughs> they're like, they're two random throwaway gym teachers that never show up again that are debating the lines of Itsy Bitsy Spider. And they go, Barnes, come here. And they make him sing it. <laughs> anyway. It's down the spell. <laughs> And when um, Binky runs over, he's like so <laughs> proud. <laughs> it's so good. And then at the end, in order for them to like get random numbers, Francine is in a different outfit that always made me so excited. She's wearing a huge two on her shirt so that they like yes. can put that in. But they want to watch Turtles, Turtles, Turtles. Yes. <laughs> it's just so great. So iconic. And they're like, do we let this hold us captive forever? Do we like decide to make our own choices? And someone's like, let's ask it. And Arthur's like, you're missing the point. <laughs> but anyway, they get to be freed from the curse of the cootie catcher and they <laughs> sing turtles, 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 which is iconic. <laughs> but like also Muffy makes up one and oh, just, I was watching wow. it and just laughing at so many different points. Like Catherine, it was also on your list. Yeah. And just when Rebel is like, she's resting. Use ish sounds. Fish, dish, sandwich. Like, it's just kind of a random <laughs> part. So good. And like Muffies is like they, Arthur and Buster will ask it questions. And all the fortunes are like, you will be very wealthy. <laughs> like, if they're not yes or no you will questions. have riches beyond your imagination. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Wow. Well, yes, I think this, definitely <laughs> this is a smashing success. Sarah, Catherine, thank you so much for coming on our inaugural episode. You are both already in the schedule to be back. Um, Great. These will be not like every other month. They might be every three months, but there's much Arthur love to be had. Thank you yes. guys for making this work and for bringing your amazing quotes and knowledge of Arthur <laughs> and love of Arthur. Can't wait to discuss more, but such a fantastic first season like chock full of amazing good. episodes it's so hard so good. there's so I know. many favorites that i left out of my top 10 and i felt like i was betraying myself <laughs> truly i'm I- so glad we just did season one yes yeah season and two was even harder for me same same than season one yeah <laughs> so but oh. i'm I'm glad for the ones that you guys brought in because there were some that I'm like, oh, I love this, but it's just not going to make my top 10. So I'm glad that you guys Mm -hmm. mentioned them so we could have them on the air. But yes, quick reminder to watch Summer of Soul for this month's film club. Um, And if you would also like to be included on future Arthur episodes and have not already gone in contact with us, please reach out to our email or talk to us however you want to. But until next time, long live Arthur, rip. Long live the syndication of Arthur. <laughs> yes. Long live Arthur fan club. There we go. Be able to stream it without extra costs. Yes. Oh my gosh, that was a thing for I don't remember where I read this, but then it was like this was part of like the DVDs that were released in Europe only and I was like yes! bring them to the US. I know. Or Elizabeth bootleg like Europe Canadian only. version. <laughs> you took the words right out of my mouth, PJ. Oh, you're, Sarah. you're muted. She's muted. Okay. You're muted.
Uh, oh dear. You guys paused. Yeah, Am I back? Oh. All right, Rachel, back, once back, you come back. Back, 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 back. Number one. Back, 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 back. Oh, hey. Am I back? Am I back? Am I back? Oh my gosh. Oh, you're you back. Oh, wow. Oh no, did I cut out? Yeah, yeah, you cut out. Because I'm like, whenever I drop something that's funny and no one reacts, I'm like, mm. <laughs> I talked about the garbage man, and that's yeah. all that matters. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I'll definitely <laughs> post him on the Instagram.